intention interior trucking companies if you are relying on facility insurance you could be overpaying reduce your insurance cost by 10000 or more per truck and good news we accept drivers with only 1 years of experience to learn more just send us text by typing insurance to 3653640714 thank you and welcome to another episode of the dog on it trucking podcast my guest this week is none other than Mr. Nelson from Halifax. Nelson, come on in and join us. There we go. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, Chris. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. What's the weather like today in Halifax on December 2nd, I think? Well, I'd have to say in early December, it's a little bit of a rotten November kind of a day. It's rainy and spitty and little chilly but it's supposed to get better for the next two days so we're always hopeful in the maritimes for a change in the weather well in the mar well we all get changes in the weather and right now it's uh, i had to shovel and everything else yesterday but nelson what's the name of the company that uh you are running contingency safety solutions and what the heck does contingency safety solutions do well, we are an occupational health and safety training company, and we also offer occupational health and safety management systems and implementation. That's what we do. What? How does occupational health and safety relate to trucking? Well, there's, um, I guess to step back a little bit, uh, Chris, uh, my first experience uh, with truckers and trucking was uh, I had to lie about my age at 15 years old to uh, get a job in a truckers in motel with a lounge, restaurant, steakhouse, laundry service, 110 room in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. And I worked the four to 12 shift every day and I got to see and learn a lot I've kind of been involved in and around it most of my life. And I think of all the industries, the industry that faces the most perils on a daily basis is trucking. And sorry, why do you think on a daily basis we face the most perils, as you said? The most unknown things uh, on the road in all conditions, uh, oftentimes on the road too long. Uh, historically, I think that's changing for the future and changing now. Um, trucking is a very difficult job. It is a difficult job. And with ELDs, uh, either present or about to come, depending on the nature of the trucking company. I was just reading about the Ontario law um, that they proposed, and it looks like they're going to mimic the federal law almost word for word. So, And the feds are bringing ELDs in in June of 2021. So, I sorry? Go ahead. No. Yeah, and of course, if you're an American carrier, if you're a Canadian carrier that goes to the States, you've already had a ELDs uh, for quite some time. So ELDs, I think, have improved the hours of service, compliance, and, 
and improve the work environment. But still, truckers get hurt every day. Yes, I agree. And I, I'm a very big proponent of ELDs. I think it's a great idea. I think it's essential. I think it protects the public. It protects the driver and ultimately protects the companies and their insurance uh, insurance providers. Well, it, yeah, for some reason, I don't know why. In the past, truck drivers have been measured by how well they can cheat and lie. And, and how tough they are. Yeah, exactly. And not, and unfortunately, that has caused some crashes and cost lives and injuries and everything else. So what is it? Where do you service? What area do you service mostly? Predominantly Atlantic Canada, but uh, we're also growing and entering like everybody is uh, today, uh, the digital online training world. And we're, uh, we're working with partners in uh, the trucking world to add our courses to their lineup. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's okay to mention this, but uh, uh, we've uh, recently signed on with Carrier's Edge. Uh, we think they're an incredible organization. We're very impressed. Uh, their platform's uh, really uh, amazing. It's uh, well done. And we look forward to participating with them and actually promoting their platform and our services on a regular basis. Sorry, I'm just scrambling to make a note. I'll put a link in the show notes to the interview I did with Jane. Uh, Jane is the co-founder of Carrier's Edge, and she appeared on the podcast um, some weeks ago. So I'll put a link in the show notes for that. I agree with you. Carrier's Edge is an outstanding company, and I, too, have partnered with them uh, for some of their services. So tell me more about what you're putting on the platform and how that will affect trucking companies. Well, initially, we're going to try to work uh, in the areas of, uh, one, an introduction to occupational health and safety on a federal level, uh, due diligence and the standard applied, and third, creating a safety culture. And we are really interested in working with some of the small to medium trucking companies. Uh, we believe that safety culture starts from ownership and management. If, uh, if the uh, owners and managers buy in and represent uh, a positive safety culture, it permeates throughout the organization. Uh, it uh, makes companies far more productive. It uh, makes uh, driver retention much higher. And if people are happy to go to work for their employer and feel safe, then to me, that's a positive that we can all work towards. Yeah, and I think that's something that has been lacking um, in the past in, in some trucking companies, certainly not in all, but you've got to be able to go to work and believe that your boss has your best interest at heart and that they truly want you to be safe and perform your job safe. And moving the freight is a secondary uh, exercise to the employee's safety. So how is this going to work on Carrier's Edge? You're, 
when do you think your first offering is going to be available? And then how is it all going to fit together for a trucking company? Because you said this is going right across Canada, basically. Well, we're hoping to, and we're hoping to work into some of the cross-border uh, uh, training as well going forward as we develop our training programs, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, to cater to the trucking industry and some of the issues that they're uh, running into, especially in today's world where there's lots of issues at the border with uh, the pandemic concerns that are uh, happening right now. And there's a lot of political turmoil at the borders right now. So, and the truckers are feeling the brunt of this and the trucking companies are paying for it and feeling the brunt of it. So we are in the process right now of digitizing these three courses. We hope to have them done before Christmas, uh, ready for the new year and what, added sorry, to what are the courses. The courses are in, uh, an introduction to occupational health and safety, uh, a federal introduction. So it uh, will encompass uh all the uh, regions of Canada, uh, a due diligence uh, and the standard applied uh, for businesses and their legal obligations. And we are putting a creating a safety culture course together. Awesome. And we're going to add those to the program. As long as uh, Carriers Edge approves everything, they have a pretty high standard for what they add to their program. So, Yeah, no, that sounds awesome because... I'm not aware that there's anything like that on the platform right now. No, and that's why we, we went through their platform and we didn't want to copy anybody. We don't want to try to take anybody else's business that's already operating successfully on that uh, platform. That's not our intent. Our intent is to work uh, with the trucking industry and fill voids and gaps where our expertise allows us to, really. Yeah, so how? give us a suggestion. Um I just left a company yesterday that I think has a great culture. Uh, how do you build a safety culture in a company? Well, I think you start, again, back to ownership and top management. And you have uh, initial conversations with those people to find out where their program is how it works with the employees, whether it's interactive, uh, whether it's progressive or updated. And I think one of the things that uh, we concentrate on is communication from the front uh, line workers um, in trucking and all industries uh, with middle and upper management. So everybody's on the same page and that is a, a learning and an implementation process. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, I don't think it's a, a system that you can put in in three months and have your insurers and the workers' compensation boards believe or, you know, uh, your workers believe that uh, you really have a safety culture. I think it's something that has to be uh, worked on and operated on every day, recorded. There needs to be tracking and there needs to be ongoing training in various uh, fields. Ongoing training for sure. And of course, not to promote Carrier's Edge, but that's one of the ways that uh, 
uh, truck drivers can receive ongoing training. But one of the areas that I see uh, often uh, not attacked, <laughs> or for lack of a better word, just neglected, is the documentation of it all. I was at a carrier recently, and we were talking like, you know, do you do monthly building inspections? Yep, do it every day and or every month. And I look at my fire extinguishers, and I actually looked at a fire extinguisher, and sure enough, there was initials there. I said, then what documentation do you have to show what defects you found? And, and of course, they had none. Do you help out in areas like that as well? Well, yes. A lot of this comes down to the effectiveness of your JOSH committee, your Joint Occupational Health and Safety Committee, and its relationship to management. In my opinion and my experience, I've, I've sat on many. I've uh, led a couple. I've created a couple. And I've been in situations where management was very responsive and reactive to workers and and uh, safety concerns. And I've been in situations where we were just to meet once a month and rewrite our list. Um, one of the things that I found that worked uh, when we did implement a program is what you mentioned, is when we documented. And we documented our meetings. We documented our, our, uh, you know, our inspections, our equipment, our building. Um, our safety practices, it always seemed to work better. Um, but it was always dependent on management and ownership being involved and taking it seriously. And I think that's changed to a great deal in today's culture. And I think they, uh, people understand that a safe workplace is a healthy and profitable workplace today. So I think there's lots of opportunity uh, for us to work with companies. And... I think there's a lot of companies that want and need that kind of service, personally. Well, first of all, I mean, when I go into my clients, uh, you know, typically 50 trucks and less are the size of my accounts. And if I ask them about joint and health, joint health and safety committee, they often look at me as if I have two heads. So yes. what size of company by, is required to have a joint health and safety committee? In our region, 10 people. Okay, I believe it's different in because I always thought it was twenty. Is that a federal standard or are we I believe that's a provincial standard here. Okay. That in, in Nova Scotia it's uh, when you reach a, a ten employees you're required to have uh, a health and safety plan and an occupational health and safety committee. All right. And those employees who work remote, such as truck drivers who very seldom show up at the the sites. Are they counted in that number? I, that I'm not sure, Chris. Uh, that's a very good question. And there may be caveats to that uh, based on uh, the trucking industry, but that's, uh, that's something that uh, I have a conversation this week with uh, the Trucking Association of Nova Scotia. And it's certainly a question I'm going to pose to them because you've kind of caught me with my, my proverbial pants down on that one. I don't know. And I, and I didn't mean to. It's no, that's my, good. <laughs> that's that good. All employees count, no matter where they work. I, that's the whole idea. And in particularly truckers who are probably 80 or 90% of their time is remote. Yeah. 
you know, they spend very little time in a terminal or, you know, if they're at a loading dock, it's somebody else's normally. It's a, it's a great question. I think nowadays to ask the trucking association because of, I think in the future, we're going to have a lot more office people working remote as well. Yes. As I am today. (laughs) I mean, with COVID, We've changed. The, the, yes. the way of office work has changed. So, but anyways, going back to joint health and safety committees, I really believe this is a neglected area of many trucking companies. And it's my understanding in Ontario, at least, trucking companies with 20 or more employees um, have to have a joint health and safety committee. And I believe they count driver ink drivers in that number as well. Uh, that I'm not sure of, but it would be interesting to know if they count Driver Inc. I'm going to ask the question. I will pose the question uh, this week when I have my conversation. All right, and can you because I, I'd like to know too. Yeah, well, get back to me with the answer because uh, when this goes live on Friday, as you update me, I can put the answer in the show notes and update. The okay. Show. I hope I can get us an answer by Friday. (laughs) It doesn't have to be by Friday, but as soon as you do get the answer, uh, because this episode is going to live for years, I hope. Oh, I see. Yes. And you can add it to the right. And and I can put it in the show notes. So, and I didn't mean to catch you, as you said, with your pants down, because God, I don't want to see that. No, it's not pretty anymore. It's just not. But uh, uh, no, I'm not sure that either. My, uh, my significant other, my wife of uh, almost 35 years, uh, she obviously thought so at one time, and uh, I'm keeping her fooled, so I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Chris, one of the reasons we have these conversations, and uh, um, I became so interested in your podcast, is because of, one, the casual nature of the conversation, and two, I find in... <laughs> Every podcast I've watched so far, there's questions posed that uh, do make you raise your eyebrows uh, from both sides, from yours and from uh, the guest side. And that's if if we're going to improve and we're going to teach safety culture, then we have to be open to to learning, too. So you'll never shock me or embarrass me by uh, asking me a question I don't know. There's lots of them that I don't know the answer to. (laughs) And I appreciate that because I really believe the best um, experts in every field don't know it all. And when you recognize that, hey, I don't know that answer, but I I know where I can find it out. That's one of the reasons you're a trusted expert because they believe that you just don't shoot the from the hip. You know what I mean? You find out the answer first before you uh, lead a client down the wrong path. Well, and I think and hope that's one of my talents is um, I'm reluctant to give out an answer or an untrue answer or make up an answer on the spot. And I try my hardest to surround myself with intelligent, respected people in industry and network that way. Uh, And I learned very early um, in my life in business, and especially when I stepped out on the road in sales, um, stepping into somebody's shop and pretending I knew more than them wasn't wasn't very successful. So uh, I was the first one to say, I'm not sure, let me find the answer, and then search for someone who really knew the answer. And 
And uh, that's always worked pretty well for me. So, uh, and that's what I'm trying to do in, in the, you know, the trucking safety business and, uh, and, you know, and work towards helping these companies become not only safe, but operational because my understanding, Chris, uh, if, I, if you don't mind me changing the topic a little bit is the insurance providers are starting to tighten up, uh, what they expect and what they'll accept. Uh, for safety programs with companies going forward, and they uh, they're they're looking for programs that are in place, operational and effective. Not somebody who runs out and gets a program in place for three months ahead of their insurance audit. And you might get away with that once, but you might get rated for it. And if you try it twice, you you will get rated or refused. And that's what I've been learning through uh, webinars and podcasts. And and actually, that's one of the conversations that initially opened up, uh, I believe. In, and the reason I found out about Carrier's Edge was your podcast with Jane uh, initially. Well, I'm glad that it did something yeah. for you. And in regards to the insurance companies, you're absolutely correct in that the insurance industry has gotten much tougher. Currently, they are putting more trucking companies um, out of business or into financial hardship uh, than the local DOT or you know Department of Transportation is because they, they've really tightened up. And yes, they want to see uh, safety measures much more than just safe driving now. They are asking yes. the uh, yes. health and safety committees and what are you doing for employees, uh, health benefits, uh, many different things. And as you mentioned, what are you recording? Yeah, the documentation. This is what you've got to show yes. that auditor. And some of the insurance companies, as you know, that's my background is I used to be one of those uh, fellows yes. in the insurance company. And I, as much as I never called it an audit when I worked for them, what would you call a visit from somebody who can greatly affect your insurability, whether you actually get insurance or not, um, and greatly affect your premium if you're offered insurance? What would you call that? I know some of the people, oh, they call it a review, a visit. It's a flipping <laughs> you can call You can call it what you want. It's scary and it's life-changing for these companies. And I think we can help uh, alleviate some of it. And prevent some of it. And that's what we're hoping to to work towards. And we, we want to work in, in actually the exact same arena you do, uh, Chris, uh, the 50 trucks and smaller industry. I think some of the bigger companies are uh, advanced in this area or they wouldn't still be in business. They wouldn't be able to uh, keep their trucks on the road or their, their drivers insured or, or retain drivers. I think it's just part of uh, the, uh, uh, the evolution of the industry today. Um, but some of the small trucking companies uh, have a little more difficulty with that. Uh, they struggle a little more with uh, revenues at times as well, and and uh, it can be pretty uh, it can pretty scary be pretty scary for them from their perspective. And every time there's a change in legislation or you know a change in politics, sometimes it can uh, it seems to affect the transportation industry. Uh, it's huge things. 
almost everything affects transportation. I mean, look at yes. how COVID has affected transportation. But I got to ask you a question. If you could yes. give one tip to those small trucking companies of 50 and less, what would your piece of advice be? I guess, and geez, I hate to sound like it comes out of a book, but embrace safety. It makes your company more profitable. Uh, your customers recognize it. Your drivers and employees recognize it. And you get loyalty from all of the above when it's fully represented. People are observant. I think that's well said. I think that's perfect. Um, you've got to embrace it. And then from our point of view, you also have to document it uh, so that yes. you can prove that uh, you did what you say you did. Because a, a lawyer friend of mine once told me about the three Ps, policies, procedures, and proof. And he said, which one yes. do you think I lack when I go to court? Right, right. It's number three, always. And... And we, we're all reluctant, especially people who work in the blue-collar world and work hands-on and and aren't always in front of a computer or around paperwork. Um, this is a little bit of the, the challenge that's to be bridged, to uh, to make this more accessible, uh, easier. Um, I guess uh, if it involves everybody and it's not laid at the end on the driver uh, alone, and it's at every level through administration and management and ownership. Um, driver compliance, uh, I think uh, you're going to get rogues in every industry, of course. But I think for the most part, driver compliance and driver participation will follow suit. Yeah. That's my personal belief. I agree. Now, for our listeners, I will put your contact info in the show notes below. If somebody wants to reach out and get some advice uh, on occupational health and safety, health and safety committees, uh, both in the um, Atlantic region, but even right across Canada. As you say, you can offer yes. services uh, to any Canadian corporation because you know the federal regs. Yes, and we can certainly offer our occupational health and safety management systems uh, to companies, regardless of their level of safety maturity. Uh, we can integrate with their system, uh, help them grow their system, make proper recommendations to their system, and then help them implement their system, uh, including their uh, their safe work practices, uh, their operational practices, show them how to write them properly, uh, how to record them, as you say, properly in documentation. And it's not a... a, a you know, a once over thing where you have a couple of meetings uh, and then it's over and everybody's magically cured. This is a thing where you work with the company over a year uh, and two years and become a resource for them. And really, as I've mentioned in the past, Chris, I may have said it to you, if we do our job right, we kind of work ourselves out of a job with each company eventually. Yeah. And that's right. Once you set the processes up, very similar to what I do, and I'm not a health and safety expert. I like to think of myself as the safety and compliance expert. I know national safety code and SMS and that stuff. Your area, I don't know very much about at all. 
uh, and it's a totally distinctive area. Nelson, what else do we need to know about either you or your company before we wrap this up? Well, a little bit of history. Um, one of the reasons that pushes me into this uh, area of safety is my middle child, oldest daughter, uh, entered uh, the trucking industry at 20 years old. And for five years, she drove a tilt deck tow truck, uh, about 30% roadside and about 70% equipment delivery to construction and industrial sites. Uh, did a few uh, runs back and forth to Ontario and Quebec. Um, and I was worried every time she went out the door. And in all conditions, and she uh, to make a living in it, she had to work almost 70 hours a week. Um, that's a little bit of a, a, a thing in my, uh, you know, a, a little bone that I have with, uh, with, with not the trucking industry, but industry around the trucking industry. My understanding is that rates are going to go up in the future, and I believe that's a good thing. Um, and... Uh, she left the industry after five years, um, be, a little bit because of safety, and she got scared a couple of times. And now she's uh, just taking her third block of apprentice uh, electrical. Um, but that's what spurred me into this. Um, along with uh, some of my best friends over the years have uh, are safety trainers and very experienced ones. And my top two trainers and one of my partners between them have over 75 years of industrial, commercial, construction, offshore and onshore oil and gas, and international training experience. So that's who I draw on for my expertise. Um, I've predominantly, I've never taught a training course in my life, but since 1999, I've been on every occupational health and safety committee and involved in safety and taken every safety course that they would allow me to take. So big proponent. And years ago, I owned a restaurant where we had so much safety. It was crazy. We had food safety and knife safety and spill safety and burn safety. And it's just always been there, Chris. <laughs> that's perfect. That's us, really. Nelson. So for anybody that's listening and watching, uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you. Nelson's contact info is in the uh, show notes below. And you can reach out to Nelson and he would be happy, I'm sure, to get an email or a phone call from you. Nelson, we I certainly want to thank would. You, uh, for coming on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I hope you loved the show as much as I did. Please leave us a like, a thumbs up. A review, a comment, a rating, if it is in your heart. Thank you so much. And I do really appreciate your time. And join us again next week for another exciting interview.